0: I'm Jeannie Allen, and this is Reality Check. Reality Check is produced by National Review and is one of more than a dozen podcasts offered on the National Review online website. If you'd like a free subscription to the podcast so that you never miss a program, simply sign up at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Hi, this is Jeannie Allen, and you're listening to a special edition of Reality Check, my weekly podcast on all things education, culture, and increasingly discussions about family and how we make our world a better, more competitive, productive place for everyone. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes and share with you the results just today. Normally, we don't date these podcasts, but... I'm talking to you from the amazing, awesome studios of National Review in New York City. And uh, this is the day that the National Assessment Governing Board, one of those quasi-government commissions in Washington, released what some of you may have heard about called the Nation's Report Card, or NAEP, National Assessment of Educational Progress. This is an every-two-year assessment that uh, tests against Proficiency levels. it's considered the gold standard that tests where our students are against where they should be, not against uh, their neighbors, not against averages, false averages, and not even on state standards, which tend to be much lower and uh, kids performing much higher. You know before I go into that, I just also have to make sure everybody knows uh, who's who's interested. This also happens to be this April two thousand and eighteen. 35 years since the path-breaking Nation at Risk report. The Nation at Risk report was uh, the product of the Reagan administration's National Commission on Excellence in Education. When it was formed, their mandate was to understand the condition of America's schools. That was 1983, and that was the report that really sent education reform and educational change on its way. Up until then, we'd all been pretty content, and some of us had been pretty happy to get the kind of education we uh, thought was great, our parents thought was great. Um, and then some of us got to our various careers and uh, colleges and had a rude awakening. In fact, uh, the nation was having a rude awakening at the time. We were getting the pants beat off of us by countries like Russia and Japan. Uh, and this was the time in the economy that I probably don't have to rem- remind most of uh, the listeners of Reality Check. Uh, when we had double-digit inflation, we had lines around the block uh, that were inherited by President Ronald Reagan. And uh, Nation at Risk was the result of this, was this call to action, uh, National Commission Basically, was seated. It was bipartisan. There was everyone from Senator Orrin Hatch to the head of the National Education Association at the time, Nobel Prize winners, scientists, engineers, teachers, superintendents, governors of both parties, and they met and they analyzed. They had uh, dozens of reports, research, hearings, testimony around the country. And the 1983, when the Nation at Risk report came out, it declared that the educational foundations of our society are being eroded by a rising tide of mediocrity that threatens our very future as a nation and a people. And in the wake of the report, states scramble to respond. Um, The rest, as they say, is history. Now, now that was 1983. Again, I just have to keep repeating it because it's just stunning that I have to report to you today uh, that 35 years later... Our scores and our data on education don't look very different. And before you get really smug and say to yourselves, oh, well, that's, of course, we have poverty and uh, we have challenges in inner cities and there are parents who don't care and that's why we need more choices. Let me tell you something. Uh, Those scores, uh, on average, show that most of our students are less than 40% proficient in just about anything. Um, this recent assessment was math and reading, and the reality is that 40% includes your kids, affluent kids, advantaged kids, kids from schools with really, really smart parents who have lots of degrees, um, kids from homes where, um, there were people reading to them on a regular basis. On fourth and eighth grade math scores, it's about the same as 2015. Roughly 37, 36, 38% proficient math reading, fourth and eighth grade. That would be like your kids coming home uh, or recalling your own education and saying, Mom, I got a D. Isn't that awesome? NAEP doesn't just assess whether you can read. Uh, NAEP assesses whether you can comprehend doesn't just assess whether or not you can do basic math. It assesses whether or not you can do the math. That's the gateway that will get you to uh, higher levels that will prepare you for college. We've got a whole bunch of stuff about this on edreform.com, uh, the Center for Education Reform's website, which, as some of you know, I am proud to uh, have founded and serve as its CEO. And uh, the page that we've created, Demanding Progress for a Nation Still at Risk, I really, really need you to go to, like now, and take a look at it. Because I honestly don't know what to do anymore. Uh, we started this crusade to implement, essentially, some of the recommendations of a nation at risk. Some of the recommendations that um, my favorite president of all time, Ronald Reagan, uh, talked about in some 50 speeches around the country um, after the report was released I mean can you think of any other president in history that has spoken about education as much um, before or since? And what he did is he talked about the challenges that the report found um, low standards uh, teachers uh, teacher quality issues, uh, lack of parental engagement and progress. And the commissioners themselves came together and said, we need to make sure that we are attracting more teachers who have expertise. At the time in things like math and science, that hasn't changed. But across the board, uh, mid-career changers is where that idea came from coming into the classroom. More parental involvement and options, the kinds of choices that allow you to find the best fit for your child, no matter where that is. Uh, really, truly transformative ideas about making sure that we had higher standards. This was the report that cont- that basically sparked the state standards that went from state to state and were ushered in by such great governors at the time as um, – uh, George Bush in Texas, uh, Pete Wilson in California, Bill Owens in Colorado, you name it, um, and some Democrats like Tom Carper in Delaware later on. This is the report that helped spark uh, the charter school movement and demonstrate why we needed to actually do more about teacher quality that got people thinking about maybe there were different ways to teach and learn. And in fact, that's exactly what Uh, We have found, even through the couple of bright spots, and there are just a couple of bright spots in the report, that states like Florida this year led uh, of all other states in terms of improvements over the last couple of years. Now, there have been trend data also on the edreform.com website that show that over time, uh, some of the lowest performing states really did. Their students did improve over time, Washington, D.C., among them, uh, Mississippi, uh, Puerto Rico was also winner this year. None of those things, however, happened without transforming uh, from the traditional status quo, everyone in lockstep cookie cutter schools to uh, dynamic forms of accountability, more opportunities for parents to engage, more flexibility for teachers, options for them all, and creating really the kinds of diverse schools um, and organizations where we've talked about often on this show. But that's not really the end of the story, because whether you're an education reformer or not, you need to know this is an economic, has economic and national security implications. When our students graduate, when our kids graduate high school with scores like this that don't dramatically change until 12, by 12th grade, the correlation between NAEP, for example, and college readiness is why we have skyrocketing debt, Um, fewer and fewer students every year, So less than 50% finishing college um, that they start in four years. Um, I think it's barely over 50% for the sixth grade graduation rate. Uh, It's why that uh, manufacturers and companies complain that they don't have workers to fit the skills. There's some 6 million jobs out there, high-skill jobs that don't have workers, and some 6 million workers that don't have skills, We have 30 million adults in this country who are functionally illiterate, and uh, in the last 35 years, probably at least uh, a generation and a half have gone through the very schools that the National Assessment, the Nation's Report Card, uh, has revealed don't know very much about, not just history, math, reading, and so on. So these aren't idle facts. The NAEP scores track with lagging standards in high school, lagging standards in high school, track with incomplete college or inadequate performance and career. And this is the U.S. of A, folks. This is a crisis. We are not just Uh, mediocre. We are still a nation at risk. And I honestly don't know, and that's why I want your help, how we transform this. What do we have to do? I don't think it's enough to just um, keep electing good people. And expecting them to do more, frankly, lots of people that I vote for, and you probably voted for, aren't doing much when it comes to education. We have states like Kentucky who have failed to enact even basic changes in education. And by the way, those are not union-driven officials in that state. Um, you know, we have cities across the country where that might be great in terms of the economy right now, but what about the population of workers and people who need to progress in life? We're hiring more and more people from other countries to take jobs here. So it's a wake-up call. And um, I, uh, as we said back in 2016 when the Center released its manifesto, we are faced with a wave of domestic and international turmoil, and education has never been more important to solving both. And so read up on it. Make sure you understand the data. Make sure that you um, share it with someone. There's nothing like uh, changing what ails us uh, than information. And make sure that on that, um, that work that has been done, that you keep pushing your lawmakers, no matter who they are, don't just say, take, oh, yes, I'm trying. Um, this is an imperative. As Nation at Risk said in 1983, there is an imperative for educational reform. And unless we tackle these issues, we are never going to have um, great uh, opportunities for all Americans, particularly our, our least advantaged but also those of you, uh, those kids that are sitting around you and your community um, right now. Thanks for listening. This is Jeannie Allen. This has been a special edition of Reality Check, talking about a nation at risk 35 years since. Oh, and I would not be uh, doing justice unless I also uh, shared that the Reagan Institute actually this week is having the first ever summit on education to look back. Uh, at the last 35 years with lots of stellar guests. I'm sure there'll be lots of information online. It's called RISE, and you can look up the Reagan Institute. I'm hoping that they will uh, help solve this issue. I'm hoping that the people who are gathered, including former Ed Secretary Bill Bennett, uh, who will be there, and many, many other luminaries, will put a pin in this and say, it is time to move on. It is time to stop teaching kids the way we did 180 years ago. It is time to stop uh, accepting mediocrity and just thinking everything's okay because our babies bring home A's. Um, and if you've listened to this show uh, at all uh, or enough, you know that uh, it has serious repercussions across the, across the way. So again, Jeannie Allen, Reality Check, special edition about NAEP, A Nation at Risk. Check out the data at edreform.com or follow us at edreform or me at Jeannie Allen. Thank you. I would be remiss in not sharing that this podcast, this individual speaking, this community, and in fact, this world lost an amazing foot soldier, a foot soldier in the conservative movement, a foot soldier and great man. Um, leader, communications guru extraordinaire, my producer for Reality Check, a consultant and friend of more than 35 years, uh, Patrick Corton, who passed on to our Lord a couple weeks ago now. Uh, And I miss not having him serving me up a script, giving me ideas, getting all panicky about me saying the wrong things on this podcast. And uh, directing me to be better um, than uh, than anybody else, Pat actually trained me. Did some media training for me way back in the day. Um, he was a crisis communications consultant. He happened to be uh, the head of communications and policy for Don Devine, the Office of Public uh, Office of Personnel Management. In the Reagan administration went on to work for Ed Meese. Went on to be head of communications for the Knights of Columbus. Um, if you don't know about him, uh, try to get to know him, even though he's passed from this life. Um, he was an extraordinary person, and he did um, he did great stuff uh, in the first few weeks of this podcast. And I just wanted to uh, acknowledge him and his memory and make sure that everybody who listens to this podcast knows that we lost um, an amazing friend. Thank you. God bless Pat.